Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the first episode of the Taught in 160EN podcast in 2022. Unfortunately, a bit of a sour note to start it off as, but we'll get into that later. First, let me introduce you to my co-host. First of all, we've got Mr. Danny Saldana. How are you today, man? Feeling good, man. Feeling all right. Uh, you know, still down about the loss in the league, but at least we got the uh, the uh, Taça Portugal victory today. So, you know... Um, yeah, feeling good, bro. Back, glad to be back on for another year. Let's do this, boys. Until 2050. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's, let's hope so. And last but not least, we go on to our main man, Chris. How are you today, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, I was actually thinking about this last night. Like, this could be a complete disaster pod because obviously we're coming off the, the uh, unlucky loss, unfortunate loss in the league. And then if it was paired with a... Uh, catastrophic L today against the fourth tier side this would have been a really really bad a really bad pod so thank god we took care of business today so we can just focus on yeah the one bad thing um but we got a competition semi-final at the end of this month we're in another semi-final um later this this season so i guess it's okay for now it's three points off still play them I think we're good. I think we're good. It's just, it just kind of sucks for right, right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm your host, as always, uh, Sam Wasecker. The the, ho- the host uh, Twitter account's been up on screen. Feel free to follow them as well as Sporting160EN on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. But first of all, let's get on to the Twitter questions. Uh, we've got quite a few today. Um, let me just get it up on my screen. Cool. Okay, first one comes from Lauren, and I'll give this one to Chris because definitely a, a topic more suited to him. Um, a half-term report on Matthews Rice. What have you been thinking of him, especially recently? Um, what are your thoughts on on his sort of half-season review? Um, I think his half-season review is definitely overall positive. He hasn't been incredible, I'd say, but he's been solid. He's stood in when he's needed to, and he's become a critical part of the rotation. So, um, should we give him like a, a letter grade yeah, out of ten, maybe? Give it a ten. Um, I'll give him a I'll give him a six point five, which is a solid, a solid score. What about you, Danny? I'll give him a I'll give him a solid. Uh, I don't know, man. Like a hundred out of ten, I think. <laughs> uh superstar man no being real yeah 6.57 slow start but uh that left back spot is entirely his own now we have vinata coming in just you know for cup ties so yeah that's fair and Danny, i'll give uh, lauren's last question to you as well um what players do you think we should target in this transfer window uh, would that be it, it could be players it could be positions what are you thinking yeah, yeah. Uh, a striker desperately needed. Um, yeah, uh, not sure who we can get in terms of striker. And then uh, definitely maybe another center back in rotation. Uh, maybe, you know, I see Tomas Ribeiro still being murmured around and stuff. Might be decent to give the kid a chance. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say those are the two priorities. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind to agree. Chris, do you have any further thoughts on uh, any transfer targets? I don't. I don't truthfully think we're gonna. 
I don't know if we're going to sign anyone. I, I'm just more concerned that we'll lose someone on deadline day. So if we just stay, maybe get, relieve some dead weight, that's fine, obviously, too. Um, Gaspar is back. Uh, <laughs> Renan, obviously, is to be resolved. So, I mean, obviously, dealing with junk like that is fine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I'll settle for nothing crazy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm inclined to agree. And I also don't think we need Marcus Edwards as much as yeah. has been going on about it. Like, first of all, anyone who thinks we're getting in for under sort of 12 million, you're Under you're 10, yeah. yeah. Yeah, under under 10. I think it's going to take a lead. I think they rejected 15 or 12 from Olympiacos in the summer or something like that. So I don't think, um, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I also don't think we need someone in his position. Like I mean, we've we've got full of wingers. We need a centre back or a striker, unless you're sort of moving uh, Edwards to the wing and Sarabi up front or Pot up front. Javon's is also not players. dead either, and to be <laughs> resolved permanently to be resolved. He's just a permanent kazu of the reno- renovation or renewing or, or 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 going. No one knows what he's closer to at any given moment. The injury just kind of stalled everything in time, but like in theory, he's going to come back like at the end of this month. So. Uh, what, why would they get another winger? I mean, if he's going to stay, obviously, yeah. Yeah. My my thing also with Marcus Edwards, I don't mind us getting him, but we should get him next season when Sarabia is eventually gone, you know? Like, I don't think we're holding on to Sarabia next season. So, as a Sarabia replacement, perfect. We can get Edwards. As of right now, I don't see the need. We we have Tabata, who just scored two goals today. I know it's a lesser, like, lesser team, but Tabata, anytime he comes in, if he's not getting a red card, he's still fucking – <laughs> you know, 10 out of 10 performance, you know, well, then maybe not 10 out of 10, but it's still really good performance. It's all utility, still... man. Yeah, exactly. So it, it still begs the question, like, you know, we, we can still give Tabata more minutes and he deserves more minutes. So why do we need a waste to shell out all this money on, on Marcus Edwards? Not, not yet, at least in my opinion. I mean, we've still got people like Jovan and uh, not Jovan, exactly, um, yeah. Joe Olsen, sorry, on um, out on loan and Platter and all these players that, Obviously, are not ready for the first team yet, but can still come in and will still be on the wage budget unless we get rid of them. So, um, for me, I, I, I think there's better options as well. I know I think we own 50% of the Estrils, but is it Chiquinho, who mm. I think would probably be a better fit and also from the academy? So, just just food for thought. Um, we'll move on to the next question because we've still got a few to go. Um, uh, Casa de Piva asks, um, halfway mark of the season. Who's been the biggest disappointment and the biggest surprise? Uh, Danny, I'll give that one to you first. We'll have a, uh, have a take of that one. But your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment is definitely Vinagre. Uh, expected him to be our starting left back. Expected him to at least see a, a good performance once or twice. And I have really yet to see that. I don't know how he did today, to be fair. I didn't watch. But uh, yeah, and biggest he surprise. Fine. He was fine. I, out, of, out of 10, what are you giving him? A five. Mm. So yeah, so let's hope we don't uh, hit that um, the clause where he has to play a certain amount of games where we're shelling out ten million because he's definitely not worth it. Um, in terms of surprise, same position, <laughs> man. Three months definitely helped the average. <laughs> yeah, and if we just keep it the cup ties, we'll be fine because if you know, at most we'll have like three or four left, right? So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> There's but, two uh, more for the League Cup and then potentially three more. He's not playing. He's not playing. And, and it's like, let's just say we make it to the Toss of the Portugal final in May. Like, 
he ain't starting, you know. Let, let me just say, let me just, League Cup is way too important, man. I think Sam, I think it was Sam's tweet, you know, Mohamed Salah just said he's won everything, just nothing for Egypt. Yo, put those League Cups on the table, buddy. Those stats of the league is, no, maybe it was you. It was one of you two for sure. No, it was me. It was me. <laughs> You know, put those tasks of the leaguers on the table. They're way too important. We can't risk uh, we can't risk Vinagre playing those games. We need to retain the Campeonat de Inverno. So, um, <laughs> obviously, he's not going to play then against potentially Porto in the semi of the other cup. So, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know when he's stealing more minutes. <laughs> he's, he's not, basically, is what I'm saying. He's not. <laughs> um, oh, right, yeah, because next game after this is Porto, right? In the I mean, they have to beat Vizel. They have to win. Yes, yes, yes. But likely it's going to... Oh, I forgot about that. Um, anyways, yeah. That's Vinak. Disappointment. Uh, biggest surprise. Same position. We just talked about him earlier. I gave him 100 out of 10. Um, I'm currently going to bump it up to 101 because I have to say his name again. Matilj Reish for sure. Biggest surprise so far of the season. Though, and we'll talk about it eventually, uh, Santa Clara, one of those goals are his fault. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Chris, same question to you. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment? Mm, I guess I'll do... Okay, my biggest surprise is going to be uh, Gonzalo Estevs because mm. he's... I mean, I, I would... I, I, I thought at Baller. least he was a two-year project. Like, at minimum, he will be playing in the reserves, the U23s, for at least two years. It is clear... Like, if Poro, let's just say Poro is one of his injuries actually is like as bad as we think it is every time it happens. If he's the backup slash starting right back, like for even this season, it's like, I really don't feel that, that bad about that, you know? Like, if he's, especially if like S. Gallo, like, is out of form and it's like he just starts playing in the league regularly, he'll keep improving, keep getting an even better form. Like, He's ready to go like right now, and I, I truly didn't 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 think that like that's a it's a coup that we that we signed him. So we're 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 good at the position. Um, and then biggest disappointment, Vinag is obviously a disappointment. When we signed him, it was like, all right, this is the new men's replacement. Like this guy, he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy for like uh, for a few years. You know, like we're gonna be you know we have this solid guy for a few years. He's whipping those balls in with his left foot, like, hell yeah. But it's not been that at all. Uh, to be honest, dude, Paulinho is still definitely a contender for for disappointment. I mean, he oscillates. His form totally oscillates. And he was, like, coming off of, like, his best stretch of form, you could say, in, like, the month of December probably. But the Santa Clara game, which is freshest in my memory, he's, I, he's so bad. I mean, it's not like – he wasn't so bad in, like, the sense that, like, he was just missing chances, which he did miss a critical one at the end. But, like, he was just invisible for so much of that game, just, like, not getting on the ball and not creating space for anyone, not really just out there, just taking up space. Um, so maybe that's recency bias. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been a, a major disappointment, um, at least to me, still. And it's just... I see people still try to make it happen. Like, I know some people are memeing, obviously, and like I'm, I'm, I like definitely support like pol memeing Polinho, or like even success memeing him when you're like still joking, even when he's like somewhat balling, which he does occasionally do. But like people that are like they seriously try to make him like 
happen as like the star, you know. It's just like I don't know, man. It doesn't it doesn't hit for me. <laughs> There's still so much left there to be desired. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I would say I'm more towards the. I'm a bit in the middle of the Paulinho bit. Like I do meme him, but I also think he is good. He's not great. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely not one of the best in the team, but I think he does his job all right. If if his price tag wasn't 15 million or 70 million, whatever it was, I would say, uh, you know, it wouldn't be that bad. But it's just the price that he's come with. It's just a bit, just a bit of like criticism. But um, for me. The biggest surprise, I think, is Matthias Nunes, just because coming off John Mario's season, I know John Mario wasn't like amazing, but like he came straight in and has proven that he's, in my opinion, been better than John Mario was last year. Um, and I think like being linked to Everton, Newcastle, it just shows how good he's been. Getting caught up to not only Brazil but to Portugal as well, definitely like I don't think anyone probably would have guessed that at the start of the season. In terms of disappointment, and I'm going to go a bit left field for this one because it's not a disappointment in the way he's been playing, but I'm going to go with Pedro Porro because he can never stay fit. And like I don't think he's had a good run of games since the start of last season. Every time he has a good game, he's injured. Every time he comes back, well, I think he always gets rushed back and then gets injured as well. So I think for me, I don't know about you guys, but but Porro is my biggest dis- biggest disappointment in terms of the season. Yeah, that's a good What shout. was so good about him last year was that he was such an Iron Man. Just every minute of every game, he's just bombing down the right side nonstop. Like, dude, there literally was not even a reserve right back, like, on the roster. Like, Until he, Joel like, Pereira got in. He, yeah, and then we signed some fucking cripple who was, like, 38 and played, like, two <laughs> games. So it literally still didn't even matter. Like, he played every fucking game. And, like... Maybe that was for the worse. Maybe that was an anomaly because I know the season before he signed for us, he was kind of injury plagued at like Girona and Valladolid as well. So like he kind of has an injury history. So maybe it took a miracle that he did survive all of last year the way he did. But like, yeah, man, it's it, it just sucks, man. It's just it's fucking so constant this season. Yeah, I think they keep rushing him back, especially like I think today. You know, we lost Santa Clara on the weekend and it's just like, oh shit, let's give them Poro to sort of forget about it. And then obviously he gets, I'm not sure if you're injured or he just said something didn't feel right. So he's probably going to be out for the next game as well. But like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think he needs to stay a bit fit. I think we're going to, we're going to take the option on, on him anyway, but it's just sort of the, the buy-ins from other clubs and, and how he performs for us. I mean, at the moment, I'm quite worried. But um, go to the next question. Um, Chris, we'll give this one to you. Uh, next league game, are you taking Nugate or Polina? Polina. He's coming off a banger. debate for you or, or just like... No, there's no debate. There's unfortunately no debate for me. It's, it's unlucky for Manu, but uh, his time will come. Would you potentially drop Matthias Nunes for him, or would you still keep Pelinho and? Nah, we're not. We can't go with the twin towers unless we're trying to, unless we're trying to protect. I, I and that you can't start with the twin towers, you know. So, question against City, would you have you would you have Pelinho and Lukaku? Oh, dude, that might be sick for the. Let's just say we should house a one nothing because the first game is at Alvalade. Yeah. If the first game was at the Etihad, I actually may might endorse that, but 
Yeah. I don't know if I would want to start the Twin Towers at at home, you know, what kind of message that sends. Because that's more of our, our chance to score one, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I think maybe, we should against City. Maybe the though. Because if maybe you think three, about it's it. Three mids though. Three mids though, maybe. Of mm, yeah. No, even Mateus, playing the Nunes, current nation, I think we could play them. We contain them because we're not gonna smell the ball that much. And then that's when we release fucking Pot and Sarabia and Paulinho. Dude, they they they're gonna have like eighty percent possession type number because like Easily. that's what they do. That's what they do. Like like a, a weekend week regular weekend game against like you know exactly. mid table team, which is like how we're gonna play against them. So they are famous yeah. chokers in Champions League in Europe European competition though, which makes oh we'll fun. get we'll get our chances. I just hope that number twenty one's up to the task for like the one fucking chance he gets. You know, UEFA man is always up to. The I top. was gonna say, <laughs> Mister Champions League, put some respect on his name. <laughs> he scores when he wants. <laughs> uh, Danny, sure, same question to you. Uh, you got it, Polina. Is there any sort of debate for you, or is it just easy? Pelina? Easily, Polina for right now. Ugarte, like like her said, Ugarte is going to get his chance next season. I don't see us keeping Polina. Um, so Ugarte will fill that role in perfectly, but they, there's no stopping Polina right now. Yeah, uh, I agree with both of you. Uh, next one calls in, comes in from Paul Rodriguez. Uh, he asked three questions. I'll give the first one to you, Chris. Um, even though Amarie Miranda said um, he's not going to sell when he plays this window, is there a surprise sale you could see happening? And if so, who? I mean, the surprise sales are the players that like have value in like England, basically, or like Italy or like Spain. Really, that's that's really what that means. There's not much business to Germany, at least for for sporting, really. Um, but I guess they have the bread too. But they don't really shop. I feel like in the Portuguese league as much. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what happens if like someone seriously comes in with a bid for Bolinha or like Mateus Nunes or Everton's like, oh, we're kind of shitting right now. Maybe we'll we'll actually drop like the twenty mil and like I don't know, dude. It's tempting, I'm sure, but. Uh, yeah, I'd say the main candidates for the the, the late sale would be Bolinha or Mateus Nunes. But I haven't you haven't heard much. It's, it is early. It is January 11th, but the transfer window has been quiet. I will say, um, but it'll it'll heat up in the last week. It always does. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Bolinha or Mateus Nunes, uh, maybe an an outside shot for Pot. But like, um, I think Luis Diaz has taken over the headlines that Pot had last year. Or sort of scoring all goals, but it's like it's, it's it's just yeah. hearsay. It's like hearsay, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't even hear like the fake. They're coming in with an official bid. It's like I don't know, dude. Is someone actually gonna drop seven? It was that what they want seventy or seventy-five mil? Yeah. I think Liverpool are definitely the most likely because they've got Mane and Salah with um, Afcon. So yeah. I reckon it's got to be them. But is it worth spending seventy million? Want to play? Yeah, let's be for, honest. For, if he goes to Liverpool, he's going to be on the bench when they get back. Yeah, I mean, it's like, unless they drop Firmino or Jota. But... I hope it happens. They're in Newcastle. Listen, Newcastle. Come on, sign new, sign in Newcastle. They just That'd signed. Sick. Did you see who they just signed? I know they signed Trippier, but they did sign somebody else today. They signed Chris Wood from Burnley, who's a striker oh, right. who's like 33, yeah, yeah, yeah. 34. Oh, I know who he is. Decent, decent in fantasy a few years ago. Yeah, good for a relegation. For, I guess they're gearing up for the championship next season, right? Then <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Danny, I'll give you the second one. Um, do you think Braganza should be getting more minutes in the team? Or 
Um, honestly, I, 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 I like Bregas a lot. Um, but uh, I don't see it's him getting boy now. Uh, yeah, that with the fucking red. I mean, unlucky <laughs> from him, fair enough. But uh, I don't see him getting into the team not yet. I, I don't see uh, if unless we play a three. Like that's the only way he really gets into that team, which would be great. Like I think with a three in the midfield, Bregasa, Palinga, Mateusz Nunes. Like who's getting one? Who's getting by that? Because all three of them are defensive as fuck. And then two, like on the ball. That's just that's just some madness. But uh, you know, Amuring has his system. We're doing well in the system. A little hiccup over the weekend, but uh, he should be getting more minutes. He's just that doesn't count, bro. Amazing team that we have. That's a Carlos Fernandez game. So (laughs) Carlos Fernandez is like two and one now. (laughs) Hey, bro, but he's probably better than Manuel Ferro. Let's be real. True, (laughs) Manuel Ferro's record is actually not that good. Actually, no. I think he's like zero and three, if I'm not mistaken. Is he still here? Of course, he is. Yeah, I'm but not seeing ages. I wasn't sure if you were technically counting the games where he was listed as the manager, you know, all those games. Because those will definitely boost That's what I am. Because he had, like, oh, true, yeah, he had more. He had, like, uh, he had a, his, the first, like, European games like, for Sporting. When the European arrived, right? games definitely hurt his record. Because he's got that. He's got he the, has the Lask. He has the Lask loss. He's got the, the didn't lose for one to Lask. Amurin Ferro did. <laughs> beat Aberdeen, I think. He did nil. beat Aberdeen. Respect. Respect to the legend. My bad. <laughs> a, 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 nil, as well. a 1 0 Aberdeen win. My bad. It's crazy. I heard they're about to get relegated from the Scottish League. Let me have a look, bro. <laughs> Carlos Fernandez is 27, which is just crazy. Crazy. He looks older than that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say 27. I thought he was like the same age as uh, Yeah, or at least early 30s. Yeah. 27 and already an assistant coach. Like, I- I'm curious of, like, what his playing career was, you know? Um, Not insane. much if he's coaching Clearly. his prime years Clearly. of playing. Like, was he playing at Casa Pi- uh, Pia when uh... – He was with him as an assistant even then. So, and he was, like, so he what, was like 20, 20, 25. 24? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, sus from Amurink from courting these guys young, eh? I'm super sus. Where did, where did you get these boys? Where did you get these lads? <laughs> uh, last question I'll give to both of you. Um, are you guys worried about um, Pot's form? Uh, Danny, I'll start off with you. I mean, a bit of a gold drought, but still getting the assist here and there. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, a bit of a gold drought. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's still getting the assists. We'll talk about it soon, but that assist to Sarabi against Santa Clara, I feel like I've seen that before, um, a.k.a. the game against Dorman. Um, you know, Pot's a weird one because Pot's always never been like, OK, there's some games where he's like just lights out, but there's some games he'll score two and it still won't be his like best performance. Right. So it's just in it with Pot. He's just maybe unlucky for not scoring or uh, not getting in the right positions. I'm not too worried. He'll find his he, form again. But- he was efficiency, man. Yeah, you, you, yeah. He, he was so good last season because he would take three shots and score two goals. You know. Yeah. Listen, he, if he, if if he doesn't score twenty or twenty five goals, whatever it was last season, but he scores fifteen and we still win the league, uh, which stops him from getting sold to a bigger team, you, I won't be complaining, man. What if it's eight? What's he at right now? He's probably like around that right now in all comps, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, he has like four in the Champions League as it is. So. Yeah. 
I mean, even if he doesn't score any more goals, like if he gets into the right positions and he's assisting, so long as we win, I, I'm not really bothered, right? He had an assist this past weekend, you know. Exactly. I thought it was yeah, one of his better. Here. It was actually one of his better games out of like his more recent games where he's not been that great, to be honest, in my eyes. And he didn't play today, I'm assuming, right? No. Didn't even come on. No, I was on the bench the whole time. Good. Yeah. But like, um. The only thing I remember really, apart from the game we had, was his assist against Mifika, which was top. I think it was him that passed it to Rabbi, which was top class. But um, Chris, are you worried about anything, or you think just he'll, he'll get out of it? I think he'll get out of it. I wouldn't say the same about every player, but for him, I think he'll get out of it. Cool. I'll go. I don't know how many questions we have left. Uh, Okay, um, cool. Uh, Gabriel asks, uh, do you think we need a new striker? He's never liked Paulinho. Um, I feel like we needed a striker who isn't a target man. Um, we've had success with Bastos and Slimani recently, but I wish we looked for a striker that could take defenders on. I mean, we come on here and say it every podcast, but we all know we need a striker. I, th- I feel like the only one who doesn't know is Amorim Verandas. But, um, uh, Danny, what, what yes, are your maybe Hugo Viana's fault more. I don't know. Well, that, we were linked to that striker from North Korea who played in the Qatar Super League. Dude, I don't um, know if then, that is legit, bro. I mean, the, the, the links went cold. But, like, he was posting it on Instagram. He was on, on Snapchat and, like, saying that he signed. I don't even know I think, if that was the I right think that's, like, like, code in North Korea. Like, <laughs> I need help or something. It's, like, post something sporting related or some shit like that. <laughs> Um, in regards to Pauli, I agree and I disagree at the same time with with um, with whoever sent in. I, I think we need more options off the bench, definitely, because as we've seen against Santa Clara, Quach goes up top and he's more threatening than Paulinho was all game. But I also think to compare him to Bas Dos and Slimani is unfair because they're different strikers. Over the years, we've been we've been um, spoiled to a sense of getting like these top notch goal scoring strikers that all they do is score goals. They might not provide for the overall team, but they'll score goals. You know, uh, Bastos, Slimani, great examples. Montero, even Volkswinkel, You know, um, so yeah. But we we need a new striker, but not as a not necessarily as a starter. Just somebody to compete with Paulinho for sure. You know, he had a great December though. We can't forget that off off one game. We can't forget that he had an amazing December and November when he scored against exactly. He got the penalty against Dortmund that pretty much saw us through, or won the penalty against Dortmund that saw us through. Exactly. I mean, I get the criticism, but like, I'm I'm just putting out there. He scored the goal that won us the league. He pretty much single handedly got us through to the Champions League round sixteen with an assist uh, and a two goals. I think against Bajikas in two different games, and obviously the penalty win. Yeah. Like I mean, he I I agree with you when you say like we need someone off the bench. And I was thinking like Dumbia back in the day, if we had that Dumbia coming off the bench, I'm not saying he would have been great, but it's like we need that sort of energetic. Yeah, like I mean, he still represents us everywhere he goes. I don't think he owns anything other than sporting kits. Every time I see him on Instagram, just wearing a different sporting kit. (laughs) He had the time of his life on that nine month loan spell. Uh, It was good, man. This guy loved it. Um, Didn't we? Who we bought? We bought bought him, didn't we? Or was it alone? I, can't I think we bought him. Right. We might have bought him. Might have bought him. Might have bought him, or he might have been a free agent. I don't know. I don't think Chris, he was on loan, though. What do you oh, think? Do you- let me quickly just add also to the Paulinho thing, so people don't forget. 
Was it Portimonense uh, where we were down 1 nothing, came back 3 1, and then they scored right at the end 3 2? Hat trick of Paulinho, right, to, yeah, right at the yeah. end of December. There we go. That's another game Paulinho won us. We could have been we could have been talking about something different this weekend rather than you know Befica catching up and us being three points behind. We could have been easily six points behind. He scored against like, Befica as well. I totally forgot about that one as well. Exactly. And, he, and a dirty goal against Befica, mind you. Yeah. So two two pretty much. One was like marginally one was yeah, offside. marginally offside. So, you know, uh, we gotta we gotta understand the striker that we have. We don't have a Bazdas, we don't have a Slimani, we don't have a Montero. He he's like a he's like a mix of like Teo and like bro, I feel dirty even comparing him to Harry Kane, but he's like a Harry Kane where <laughs> under Mourinho, under Mourinho, where just minus the goals, where he'll yeah. like come deep, you know what I mean? Like he adds to our overall play rather than just he still has like the same facial structure as Harry Kane as well. He's ugly as fuck. Yeah. That's, <laughs> if if Paulinho was good looking, we would not be talking about him like this. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Chris, to to the point, um, are you agreeing with Danny that we need a, a more of a backup striker, or do you think we need someone like? I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's ever going to happen where we replace him, especially this season. But is it someone we need to replace, or is it uh, someone off the bench? I don't even – they don't even sign a backup to have off the bench where it's like, oh, maybe the backup could maybe be signed as a backup, but, like, if he gets in better form, then he can maybe grow into the starting job because, like, it's not defined. But we don't even, like – we have it, we have Tomas, really. This season, he's really not even, like, playing at all. So, um, yeah, if we did sign someone, it would probably be a backup, but I would still take that. <laughs> Cool. Uh, I'm going to ask you two uh, a question that it escaped me last time we did the podcast, but I don't think it was even out. Uh, Freddie Montero's contract, I think it's at Seattle Sounds has expired. Mm-hmm. M- loads of rumors about him coming back and that he's posting stuff to Instagram. Yes or no, both of you, would you have him back? And like I'm not saying would you have him back just because we need a striker. So would you Would you have him back? Yes or no? Uh, Danny? I would because it wouldn't hurt for the uh, to have that experience in the team. And he was still scoring goals in the MLS, mind you. I think uh, a, pretty much a starter in Seattle. I can't remember if he was or wasn't, but I can't think of any other striker that's there right now. So I would was, have him. He was on and off. But also they're one of the better teams in the league. He they was are. on like – he They were in – If he was, if he was on Nashville, behind. he would have been the, the starter, you know. Easy, not Nashville. Yeah, Cincinnati, I mean. Nashville was good. Nashville was good, yeah. Um. But yeah, easily. But at the same time, I also I'm also hesitant because he's not like the type of striker to work in this in this in this uh, um, formation in this system that we're playing in. So and he's in Lisbon. He's in Amadora. So I mean, it's probably he's in Amadora. Yeah, you could just drive. He could play for Estrella. Estrella would be solid for him. Yeah, yeah, we don't need him. We don't. But I mean, I would have him back, but we don't need him. And the way this administration kind of disrespected Freddie um, the last time he was here, I wouldn't want him back. I was going to say, is Freddie – what were the terms that Freddie left on? I think he left on quite bad terms as well. He left on a free in February. It was on a free in February, and I think it was because of COVID, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think – that was oh, no. he got left at the same time as Nanny. Sorry, yes, yes, you're right, you're right. 2019. Yeah, yeah. But I think he they both left on quite bad terms. 
Well, obviously, yeah. Montero still posts and does And Ani does too. He still talks about Sparthing in a good light. But I mean, again, February and it was in a free, like it was past the transfer market, right? So I think yeah. that's what people sometimes forget about what goes into, like, as far as like the level of like standing you do of the club after you leave. Like, obviously, like Bruno Fernandes is like the. The, the prime level. example of like someone who's like at a high level and like standing the club like hard as fuck at all times. But like guys like Nani would do it more if it weren't for stuff like politics and shit, you know? Um so yeah, I, I, just something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. If you ever get like disappointed, like, oh why doesn't my favorite X player or whatever like post more about it or whatever it's like like yeah that's like i feel like why would you take montero back chris uh i would take him back for the dance but he probably wouldn't play (laughs) yeah cool that is the end of twitter questions uh half an hour in so (laughs) probably one of our longer ones but i can see the last question there is about santa clara which is the game we'll move on to um obviously a 3-2 loss unfortunately um let me just get the correct goal point tab out cool can you see that well jimmy to zoom in you zoom in a little bit is that better yeah it's good that's good cool so 3-2 loss um a downing goal neto Cuartes, matus rice uh, matus nunes polina as gaio nunes santos pot sarabia and paulinho um you can see there, Perlinia sort of got the, the best player of the game. Goals from Sarabia, uh, Perlinia for us, and Lincoln, Jean-Patrick, who left the very next day on, um, I think, for like one million. And then Ricardinho off the bench, who got, I believe, got the winner. Um, Danny, I'll start off with you. What were your thoughts uh, on the game? Yeah, not the uh, not the greatest of sporting performances, especially at the back, where we're usually pretty solid um finally got to see a Polina banger though we've been calling it for about a year and a half that he has it in him so it's it's about time that he almost had multiple in this game to be fair he had like three good shots from outside the box i think it was literally like two or three minutes after maybe more like five six minutes after his first he almost scored a second one which was like so you know um that the only real positive and then the other positive is pot and sarabia that link up working again um Teams are definitely going to eventually find out that, you know, that over the like, – that chip pass to Sarabia is just too lethal. We actually almost tied it up. I think it was – I don't know if now if, if it was for us to go 3-2 ahead or if it was to tie it up 3-3, but that almost worked that same play again. Um, but this time the keeper was 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 good to it. Listen, I mean, uh, you know, a, a shit performance. This guy who fell asleep on the first goal um, that just got the, uh, the Santa Clara player a free header – Lincoln's goal was pretty good. Uh, I think it was like just nearly outside the box, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, the third goal, I think it was Matilde Reis that fell asleep. You know, he was two in. It was an easy pass to the outside. You know, maybe Nunu Sanz didn't tuck in enough or didn't come back enough. I'm not sure exactly sure. I can't remember the exact play right now. Um, but I'll, I mean, there was a defender on the guy on the ball. So I'll, I'll put a bit of blame to Matilde Reis. It's. You know, it's a, it left the left side is still a, a, an area we need to address because I don't think we should be playing Matilde in, in the center back position. He's more of a wing back for me. Um, 
but um, but again, I mean, a bad day at the house, a bad day at the office. You know what happens. Um, and then, but against getting the red card, it was unlucky, deserved red card, mind you. But you know, it's just unfortunate that we get these red cards and the others don't. Um, actually, Braga actually got a red card for stamping this weekend as well. So it must be something against any team with Sporting in the name of it, um, because the others it doesn't count. Um, it's just one quick thing that I know we'll all touch on, but I wanted to, uh, you know, about Ishgayu and about going after the the comments. I mean, you know, I don't have to say it. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. I don't understand how we give Paulinho certain Keringo, which is deserved because that's our striker. We played a lot of money for it, and Paulinho's a stand-up guy, uh, uh, more so than just the player. He's a great character of the club. Um, I don't know why we give Paulinho this leeway to be sh- to be shit, you know, as he was this game. But we don't give the same to Ishgayu, who's second in assists behind uh, Pot with half as many minutes as, as most of the starters do. You know, another assist today. Uh, again, a shit game. I'm not saying it's not a shit game. At the end of the day, Ishgayu is one of our own. I don't know if this hate comes because he left for Braga and we took his quote out of out of context when he said that Braga have the same sort of conditions that Sporting did at the time in terms of training facilities and stuff. Maybe that still is there in the air, so we have a bit There's of... not, like... But what I'm saying is Ishgayu doesn't have a real history of bashing Sporting when he left. And well, I yeah, personally that's not think why. I don't dessert. think that that's why. I think it's more that Polinio has a shield than Ishgayu... Uh, you say like, that, but when, when Paulinho first joined and he was playing shit, he had to turn off his Instagram comments because he got the exact same treatment. So I, I think it's just anyone that's like an external, like not from, I know this guy was from the academy, but yeah. obviously left. I think it's just sort of like, I'm not trying this to like fuel an agenda, but like Thiago Tomas will get a certain leeway because he's young, he's from the academy, but other players won't. And like Braganza will, but like other players won't. Is I think this it's like just our version of... Is this like our version of like, uh, for example, let's just say Crystal Palace fans only criticizing a foreign players? Is that the, uh, is that the, the port? Is this the Portuguese version of that? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I think so. Maybe. Well, that's just my take on it, but Dan, I think Danny's correct. In, it in makes sense. Well. I mean, yeah, certain yeah. segments of every fan base are gonna be, gonna be on certain. Stupid. Shit, you know? and, and I think yeah. And again, it was stupid because of course this guy who is at fault um for for uh, definitely the first goal and he definitely didn't have the greatest performances but to to go after like his instagram comments like that like it's 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 not only disgusting it's weird it's like we're not spartan club portugal who's been used to fucking losing this is one game we're still in the title race we we lost to santa clara 3-2 away from home (laughs) and it's like santa clara didn't just beat fucking porto or whatever it was you know what i mean like they're Befica's bitch. Like, we, we should know this by now. They're going to give their all against us. It happens, man. We slip up. Big fucking whoop. We're not, we shouldn't be attacking players like that. I, I found that, I found that to be like, that. Men- I, I've over the years complained about our mentality um, in this yeah, podcast. Let's save that energy for sparkling. like, let's just save that energy for like, uh, like electeds, you know, people that actually that, are. Exactly. Exactly. Why don't why don't we save that energy when 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 our president is calling us fucking uh, or like in spit. any other situation like that is actually like something productive can occur from the end result of it, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To 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 whine over one loss, it's like uh, it questions you know whether we'll be all right. Just we are gonna up. be all right. We're gonna be all exactly. Right. We're still in the title race. Nothing was won today. Nothing was lost. So, um, but yeah, that's my piece on that. 
Yeah, uh, I just want to give a shout out quickly to to Battery in this game when this guy got the assist straight away, put his arm around him, and, like pointed to the fans, like this is your guy. And I thought that was That's... a nice touch. So good, good on on the batter there. But um, Chris, three uh, two. I know definitely a shock loss. Um, any reason to hit the the panic button or anything, or are you are you still still fine with it? What were your thoughts on the game as well? I mean, just the game overall. I just felt like wasn't. It felt like it wasn't our game. It felt like we weren't like, ah, oh, we just did not have like that X factor in this game. The pulling a goal was like kind of an anomaly in the first half where it felt like we were vulnerable leading up until the goal. And then when the goal eventually happened, it felt like going into half 1-1 uh, was maybe, you know, like at worst or at best equal at worst, like maybe undeserved. Maybe we should be down one nothing, maybe even. Um, but we did create a couple, um, you know, more chances uh, in the second half. But like to to just score right at the beginning of the second half and then immediately concede is so devastating. Um, and then in, just in parts of that second half, we just like looked so so vulnerable at times, just like on the break on the counter. It, I don't know. For me, it felt like it was coming. And to be honest, like I thought we were gonna tie the game like potentially 3-3 or 2-2. Like it, it didn't really even enter my head until the ball was literally in the net. But, oh, fuck, we could walk out of here with just abs- with zero points, just take nothing from this game, complete disaster. We haven't lost a league game, to be honest. And, like, I, the only league game we've really lost in the past, like, year and a half has been the Bayfica game, where it was, like, kind of a sim game at the end of it. We were literally already champions. We still put out a real roster. Still try it, obviously. But, like, in the back of everyone's head, you know, you know, it doesn't matter that much. It was still a rotated roster, actually, you know. It was, like, half But I guess the Nunes in the midfield yeah. is what really killed us. Yeah. But exactly. So you're I, right. that, this is our. This, this is really our this first doesn't, loss. This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen that often. And it, it like, never happens at home. Um, So it is still a shock to the system. But, like... They were incredibly efficient. We were pretty lackluster. We, if anything, like we scored two bangers. To be honest, like they scored good goals too, and they took their chances well and were efficient. But like Lincoln was, like Lincoln, Lincoln was the best player on the field. Period. Um, but he was just fucking. He was ridiculous, dude. He was everywhere. He's creating chances. He's taking people on. He's flicking the ball through. He's crossing it. He's scoring, dude. He was everywhere. Like, I like one of the better games, someone uh, opposition player has, has done against Sporting, like notably, um, in a while. I'm shocked he's not an ex player. You know, <laughs> maybe he is. I don't know. From when he was like ten or something. <laughs> but yeah, I just it just felt like it wasn't our day. I was kind of willing to take the draw because of that, but the loss is just really really tough to take, um, especially because like they're. They've been really inconsistent all season. It is a long away trip, but like people have played in worse conditions on this road trip, you know. So, no excuses yeah. there. Let me let me just quickly add some comic relief because this is uh, it's it's what I do. I, I'm also blaming the loss on myself because uh, back in September I shared a flight with most of these players. Um, video, photo evidence: This is Lincoln uh, when I went to a surge. 
so <laughs> they might have just been inspired by being in the same uh, in the same <laughs> vicinity, breathing the same air as the great Danielle Moraes Saldanha. So, well, if anything's clear about Santa Clara, it. if we know anything about Santa Clara, Lincoln is about to be immediately sold, sold to Saudi Arabia. China, China <laughs> or Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Facts. Because <laughs> he is a way too good. <laughs> way too good for them. Yeah, I mean, the same with not John Patrick as well. He literally played, he was another one, and he was so good. And, and, then, and like, here's the thing, I mean, just, I, I guess, like, I don't know. It's, like, kind of when, like, a guy goes starts out six for six for three. Like, yeah, he might, he might finish this game six for 12. And, like, at the end of the night, if you look at six for 12, just on the box score, shooting 50% oh. for three, like, that's pretty good. But just, like, the way that that happens is could be rough or very great on the eyes, you know, if you watch the whole thing through. Um, like, two things that, for me, just stand out as far as, like, very, re not, like, cause for fire alarm concern, just, like, recent. I mean, we won the title with just our efficiency last year overall, I would say. Like, we took our chances. We didn't concede. We didn't break the scoring record. We didn't score, like, 150 goals. Like, that wasn't what we were doing. Um, we were being incredibly efficient. Like pot efficiency is like way down compared to last year. Um, it's not down, but like we conceded three goals in this game, conceded two goals in the game before. Like, is that third goal a shot that Adan gets a firm hand behind like 96% of the time based on like what he's done for us up to this point? Because I say yes. And I'm not saying it's his fault like that that went in, but like, the standard that he's showed to us where, like, he just literally saves everything. We could see, like, 0.2 goals a game, you know? Like, that type of shit. Like, just absolute brick wall. Like, a ball that's, like, you know, kind of right here. Not – it's high a little bit, but it's it's down the center. I think he saved a lot of shots that have been harder than that one. But, like, sometimes they go in, right? So, you need to – be ready for that so yeah this is just a game of like a lot of factors skewing not in our favor um let's just hope it's a blip on the radar we, we get a result next week and we we keep chugging along um because <laughs> portuguese media you, you could get one bad result and like the narrative can just become crease like there's a crisis you know like <laughs> there's no crisis but like if you if you lose like two in a row, like it, it, you're at your crisis. So, like, uh, I think it's best to just avoid being the crisis and just like let Benfica handle being the crisis team. You know, let them take the the brunt of the hits for that, and let us just stay kind of out of the main laser focus of the media, which we have managed to do for the past year and a half, two years, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, For I pretty much many reasons. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much agree with what both of you said, but I am a bit concerned just because I mean, I remember this time last year when we drew to Rio Ave, it was sort of the same sort of story. Like we can't score, like we 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 struggle to like keep easy goals out, but like this is different because it's actually a loss. And I know everyone's saying like not to panic, but. Porto really do not seem like dropping points. Even like they should, they were poor against Estoril, like really, really bad. And they were like we were last season. We played bad, but we still managed to to scrape a win. And like I know there's dubious circumstances, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, 
I, I'm just worried to see if if this if like if this happens again because like Poro is going to be injured. We're without we're without Poro and um, Inacio and obviously Amarim as well with um, with COVID. But like it, it can happen again because Poro is not going to be fit the whole season. And let's say COVID come back around because the case in Portugal I think it was like thirty three thousand today. If it's going to be like um, yeah, you just got to be ready to have three potentially three guys out, and you got to be all ready to go. You know. Which is the good thing about like Ugarth, you know, and like having solid backups. But like, yeah, you might you might just find out the night before that you're short a couple guys, and you have to make do. Yeah, could work definitely. in your favor. Eve could work against you. And one thing I noticed as well is like when Porto were drawing to Estoril or even losing, they could just afford to bring a twenty million pound player off the bench in in the, the Pepe, the Brazilian, or Benfica can do the same with like Uremchuk for. 15, 16 million. We don't really have anyone to bring off the bench that, that is a quality of those guys. I mean, like the bench the last on. game was, it was thin, bro. The the bench against, uh, especially at center back. We lost, we lost Inasu and that was huge. Let me, let me pull up the, the bench like, for the, uh, uh, Santa Clara game. Cause yeah, I mean, I was just looking at it like, in the in the pregame, just thinking like there's there's not that many options here. Do we have um, obviously, we're short a couple bench. guys because of COVID and stuff. So like that. It, it, I think you're right, Sam. We might have had two. I think Andre Paolo and Virginia were on the bench. Could be wrong though. That might have been a different game. They were both on the bench in a recent game. I got it here. We had. So obviously Tabata Bragança. So Virginia, Fidal, Vinagre, Nazimu, Esteves, Ugarte, Tomás. There's like three, four fullbacks on on the bench. What what offensive options do you have there? <laughs> <laughs> Tomás, bro. Nazimu, we could do decent up top, but yeah, really what offensive? It was Kowats. It became Kowats, who actually um... was actually dangerous. Again, Kowats was very yeah. dangerous. Set up Paulinho and had a chance himself. I mean. It is crazy. He, if you put him up for there 10 for 10 minutes, he will get you two clear-cut chances for himself yeah. or for others. Uh, and he, he did that, but just not enough himself or Paulinho. Yeah, and there was also that chance at the, the end where Paulinho pretty much... I'm not going to lie. He, he needs to put it to the... He can put it anyway. Even if it was straight down the middle, it would have been a goal. But like, he put no, it that, so that was... Kawat set him up for that. The ball... The cr cross came in. Kawat chested it, then kicked it, and it went right to Paulinho, and then he put it wide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kawates was the striker, like, almost straight away. Like, I, I think the 75th minute he was up there being the striker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you can make the jokes about Kawhi's being a striker, but he's just—he's not—he's not supposed to be that. His like, efficiency is is insane. I mean, it Up is there. another it's guy. It, again, last season, like, dude, option. we would just be tied, and he would just go up there, and dude, how many? Did he he probably got us like what, like fifteen points, like last season, in the last like yeah. ten minutes. Like that shit's not—that's not normal, you know, like. Was last? I, I don't want last season to just be the season that like oh everything just broke right for us. Like we got to be able to handle like a a smidge of adversity, you know. We really like there was really no that there was no crazy friction points and like one loss to Santa Clara like isn't that crazy of a friction point, but like we, we definitely need to be able to respond from that. 
which we did yeah. today, but like against a, a team of our level. The only reason that makes me think it's sort of something to worry about as well is just how like um, Santa Clara have lost a lot of their players, and like they have, like you said, they've been really inconsistent. They're near bottom, I think. They were before the game, third or fourth bottom, and like you could sort of see losing to a team like Esther Real or Gimarães because you're like, okay, they've definitely got the quality and they've been showing it. I know uh, Gimarães are like eighth, but like they still have the quality and talent. I'm not no disrespect to Santa Clara, but like. If you look at that team right now, Shaw Lincoln's a good player. Uh, Sean Patrick's obviously gone, but like, it's just a team that we should be beating. And I, like I said, if I'm I'm looking at Porto's schedule and I'm looking at the rest of the team, Benfica definitely aren't taking points off them because they got slapped twice. Um, we we drew. We did. We were all over Porto, but Luis Diaz, like it has been for them, Luis Diaz, just just scoring points for them. But like, is is anyone realistically going to take points off Porto? Even if it's draws, we still need to. If well, we need to beat them. But I mean, I think we've drawn like every single league game for like the last three years running. So that's that's my only cause concern is that Porto don't look like dropping points. But in terms of overall, I think I'm okay with it. It just depends. We really cannot afford to drop any more points, especially like in a loss, a draw against Benfica or Porto is like okay. But like we really cannot afford to um, to drop any more points. But um, I'm going to go. It to... seems like we did use our mulligan. Yeah, and I you were saying about like the game being a draw. If that was last season, I would have agreed. Oh yeah, Coate is going to score the winner. But, like it just, it just didn't look like it was happening. Obviously, into that Polina chance, which which he missed, which oh, was was awful. But um, I'm going to show you um, Braganza's red card. I don't know if any of us have any sort of um, doubt that it was. Like I mean, are we going to go to jail? Yeah. Don't show a video of it. No, 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 no. We go to jail. <laughs> it's just, just, just a YouTube jail. Are, are no. we disagreeing, red card, or is it? No, easy, typical red card. It's unlucky, but it is just yeah. It, that's yeah, a freeze frame. exactly. It's a freeze frame. You're not going to get out of. And to my and to the because I have a I have a really close Befica fr- friend who uh, was uh, giving it the lip this weekend when I was you know basically explaining all to Mendes. This is also intentional like Bragança isn't going out to try to break the man's shin that's um, the same way the same way okay Otamendi's losing the ball and he's trying to win the ball back and he's not trying to fucking really go studs up on on my Canadian here but the fact of the matter is he did point blank period I also have another one here if you want I can uh, once you yeah, show yeah, the other it. one I'll show the Braga one uh I let me just don't think I have the one to hand uh all I can see is the Benfica one when I look at it, to be fair. Okay, hold on. Let me just... Oh, there, there it is. Go. I got it. So you got it? I've got the perfect. perfect one here. Another clear one. Another clear one. That and... one, I disagree. Just because of how low his foot his is compared foot to and not his leg. Braganza's is a, a leg breaker. I think that of one course. is an accident, accidental stomp. This one a yellow. I agree. I don't think this one was play. a foul though, or was it? No, it wasn't given. I don't a foul, know. No. It was. Yeah, the Otamendi was a yellow. This was nothing at it. I think. The only yeah. thing I have I have an issue with when saying accidental, they're they're all accidentals. Braganza's is an accidental stomp as well. Of course, it's a l- potential leg break, but like it's so difficult to to try to like have the intentions behind it you know nine times out of ten most we're not, fouls, the, more... the the rules in in 2021 the vr and imprint the, the holy shit 
In 2021, <laughs> the VAR interpretation has n- like That's intent the, yeah. is not factored in. Like it never uh, has as been. As it shouldn't like, be. As it yeah. shouldn't be. Because nine times out of ten, a foul, unless you're Pepe or, or, or Sergio Ramos, a foul is just an attempt to win the ball. And most times you're late. Point blank, period. But against it's like, yeah, it's like 90 10, like just yeah. trying versus like I'm just trying to grab you or I'm just trying to hurt you or whatever. And, and exactly. And the intentional ones aren't the, like really, really that bad. Unless you're, like I said, Sergio Ramos, Pepe, you have that sort of like loose screw in your head, right? Most people aren't trying to hurt their fellow professional. Um, but, again, like, th- it happened. You know what I mean? Bregansa, easily, easily a red card. There's there's no debating it. The same way with Otamendi, easily he was a trying red card. To, he was trying to step on the ball, and the ball yeah. was right there, and then it moved, and he just put his foot down, and there was a leg there instead of a ball. And Whether yeah, he had, pos- happened, whether he had yeah. like, possession of the ball or not, doesn't matter. You stamped, you stomped the guy. Ishgayu could have uh, easily won that ball back had Otamendi's studs not been fucking six feet deep into his fucking into his ankle fucking foot area. You know, we seen Dalla this weekend get stitches on his ankle or some shit like that. It wasn't a red, uh, but you know that you know th- these things can still intentional or not. These things can still fucking the Darwin um, have a player out against Porto from like two or three weeks ago. His foot just gushing blood through the cleat. Yeah. Again, like Befikistas were two, three weeks ago crying for a red card, and now they're saying it's not a red card. Yeah, like, that's it, idiocy. It makes idiocy. no sense. Unserious let me just, people. Let me, let me just quickly uh, show the Braga one that was also yeah, a red. I wish I can show you the fucking video because you, it can, you can like see it better in terms of like um, how it was like very unintentional. But this got a red. Like, look, he's not even like digging that deep into there. Like. He just kind of catches the back of his foot as the familiar count player passes the ball out. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? And that Wait, they gave right. this one. They gave this one right. was the, this is their red card. Which honestly, nah. to be fair, like you the, see, cri- but, the criteria yeah, the of the criteria of leaning more. If you're unsure, it I'm leans red. Video. Let me just try to get like the... that's what I feel like it's been like. If it's unsure, it leans red. So like it's just inconsistent that they uh like it feels like this you know like, close so they give it like I don't I don't even get how the other ones like they don't look at them or whatever it's so it's so and, sus dude and hopefully you know hopefully um uh Dave Perez is listening and he can cuz I didn't watch this part right like maybe there's more to it maybe it was they I don't know whether they did or didn't go to VAR here all I know is they gave that a red card and, if, and fair enough, deservingly, you're late to a challenge. It's not intentional. He's trying to win the ball back. He was just late to it, and you stamped the guy. Red card. By the way, speaking of this game, that second goal or that tying goal, joke, joke team. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. It's it's stupid. It feels like if you have Sparting in your name and you fucking go studs on on a guy's foot. It's a card. And I think we've had this is like our third this year, right? Tabata. They have, have no three. issue. They if it's if it's Tondela, Portimonense, bro, they have no issue doing anything. It's just only in these other games where they feel the pressure, they act differently. And yes, like sometimes this does play to Sporting's favor. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it still doesn't. And to be honest, like 
we get ref favor more in the last the couple of years than we have in a while. In and like our that whole definitely lives. Co- that definitely <laughs> coincides with something else happening at changing at the club. Um, but yes, and it, one and it, one of the sorry. benefits of that is like more ref favor than than prior for sure, for sure. It also coincides, I feel, with VAR coming in place because some of these calls that we've getting benefited on, and, and I'm especially looking at the close offside calls that we've been favored, wouldn't mm-hmm. have been called in the past because of sure. VAR. Or they just would have been the ref would have just, the linesman would have just gone Thrown up, it up and, right and away. That's it. That's it. You know. I yeah. e. I'll, I'll never forget this goal because he was like a meter and a half, and it was the only thing Alan Ruiz has done against Maritimo where he was like a meter and a half onside and they called it offside. And from like, from that game on, we were basically out of the title race um, or out of even like getting second in Champions League. So maybe that has something to do with it. All I'm saying, and to the last thing on this as well, to the Befica fans complaining that, because the, the Pasfreda admin, as you guys seen, was complaining about that one call uh, or that non-call, I should say. Befica fans are saying, oh, what about you posting this? All right, bro, you're just proving that that's also a fucking red card and that you should have got a fucking red card for the exact same play. What are you guys even fucking, like, illogical? It's insane to me. But, yeah, I, I know you said... Here's the thing. Was- is sometimes, sometimes the idiocy lines up and it makes sense. So, for example, they're bitching about the Porto push, but they yeah. had a push that was against Fair. them. So they're anti-push. But if the push was for them in another situation, they'd be pro push. But yep. for this, it just happened. It happened that it made sense that they were on the same side. For Thank both. you for that but segue, like, Chris. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> always. It doesn't always work out like what you just said. Like pro stamp in one situation, anti stamp in the other. It's like you're on both sides of it. You know. Yeah, and like I said, perfect segue. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, we pretty much finished on Santa Clara game. I'm pretty sure we got everything off our chest. Not going to do my other matches because we lost, but um, I'm just going to move on quickly and then we'll talk about um, some. some we've other basically teams. we've basically transitioned, I feel like, into the general section. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just going to talk about um, Miguel Braga uh, talking as always as his job as communications director. I'm just going to read the quote out that he he gave to a radio show this morning. Um, we saw criteria change depending on the team that suffered or made the foul. Um, pretty much calling out um, the League of Bruin officials. And, I mean, he doesn't say for exactly which foul, but we can all assume it's this one. And it's been a hot topic, definitely. And I'm going to ask both of you, um, I'll start with Chris, was this a foul? Do you think it was? And what are your overall opinion of, like, Miguel Braga and Benfica and Pacquiao, everyone just talking about, like, the different officiating in the league? This foul sucks for <laughs> multiple reasons one like there is a i feel like there on this goal like there is a conspiracy to hide the third angle because i've only seen this angle and i've only seen the other angle but i do not understand how there is not an angle where you can see if his arm actually extends and i feel like porto like went into the var like office like after the game with like handguns and like burn the tapes because like i do not like i don't know how far or how hard he actually does go like this because 
let's be honest, his arm is there doing something. I don't know what it's doing because no angle has actually truly so- shown a really good thing. Also, if you look at even Nielsen's feet, it looks like he may be going down anyways. Um, all of that being said, this has nothing to do with the outcome of the play, which is why it sucks because like the header and anything resulting in it is just also in the box. And so the ref just killing it immediately when he sees the arm extend, it's just so Portugal, you know? Like, they just, the refs just, they they call fouls more than they do in other leagues. And, like, he saw an arm out. He saw a guy fall down. So he just blew his whistle. And it, and it just so happened that, like, one second later, Estabil happened to score. Did he know that that was going to happen? No. Like, it's not like a fucking conspiracy. Like, he's like, oh, I see they're, they're about to score. I'm going to blow it. Like, no, obviously that didn't happen. But what is also lost in this conversation and this screenshot and, like, Othavio is low-key fouling the shit out of the guy that ends up heading the ball in. Mm-hmm. And just, I didn't even really see that being talked about. I didn't even see Estudil even take that angle and, like, their defense. They talked about, like, the slanted pitch and the ref, an example, and disallowing the goal. But, like, bro, for me, this is a goal or a pen. Like, I don't give a fuck what's happening with the other guys. Like, this is a goal or pen. Those are your, those are your options here. It's just it's just classic Portuguese referee idiocy. And I thought we were past the era of, oh, the ref blew his whistle, so it's dead. Like, we don't we do not do that anymore, man. We don't put our flag up when we're unsure. Just, you just don't do it, and then we look at it if it goes in. But, like, this motherfucker couldn't help himself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Danny, what were your thoughts? Were you, did you think yes. this was a foul? And like, did you have any other opinions on like, especially what Miguel Braga is, has been said in the media? Soft as baby shit. First, this this initial foul. The the other the only other thing that I see, you're right. Also with the Otavio one, it could it's either a goal or it's a penalty. The the other thing that Portistas have brought up um, is the the defense is the studio player um, fouling Teremi. But Taremi also giving it back before the initial elbow. So it's tough. It's tough to say. But at the end of the day, that's not what was called. The foul was not like if 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 Christian's right, if if they don't, because I was I'm with you. I thought we were of the era that the linesmen don't throw up their flags for no reason. To be honest, I don't know if it's just linesmen feeling away because they're low, they're low-key almost becoming useless. They're just here to tell you whether the ball goes this way or that way on throw-ins for most of the time, and maybe to call the obvious offsides. Um, because or or if they're kind of unsure, but kind of if they're like seventy percent sure, but then the player doesn't go to goal and he starts passing it around, then they'll put it up because like, all right, you had to you had your chance, you had to go to goal, yeah, you didn't, so now I'm just gonna yeah. put my flag up. Exactly, you do that, which is fine. All right, so they're enough. not like ruining a chance when they do that, you know, so it's fine. Which, yeah, exactly, which is good. So you're not entirely useless, but you're pretty useless. You're almost you're almost useless. You're, you're getting there. Robots will might replace you, just not for our Sunday league teams. Other than that, for professional football, you might leave soon, especially if you keep doing shit like that. Because like I was saying, there might be a foul on Taremi, so maybe it would be pulled back regardless from VAR. And honestly, the way the second half was officiated, so let's just say, they, they let's just say he doesn't, back. Let's just say he doesn't blow the whistle. 
And then he's looking at it. He's looking at this thing. And then he's saying, oh, well, Tarami gets fouled. Oh, but maybe Octavio's fouling. So we're going to do NFL penalties offset. Hands are everywhere. This is just kind of what happens in the box. The goal stands. Because that's what would have fucking happened if you looked at it. I yeah. think. Fair enough. Or Fair is enough. he going to say this happened 0.1 seconds before the Octavio gri- gripping him? So it, it's a foul going that way. Because he, he, I guess he could technically do that if he's so convinced that this is a push. But I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know either. I, I mean, I think I think regardless, this would have been called back because, like you said, way too much confusion in the box. And and not only Porto, like you've admitted ourselves as well, the big three t- tend to get the calls in these plays, especially when you're down. Was it 2-1 at this point? It was 2-1, yes. So yeah. especially when you're down 2-1 to a side that was threatening the field and under-23 side. I know they have most of their starters out, but still – I think the goal. I think the goal would have been called back, even if the if homeboy doesn't throw up his flag that quick. But the fact that he threw it up for that fucking little, it wasn't even Benfica. Like you fully see him pushing it. I I kind of like at this point, low kind of feel bad for the Benfica fans. Not really. I'll just say that in public though, because it was a clear push that they didn't call. This shit, they called it, and like how, he's like, just how like that. Even Neil is yeah. going down regardless. Even he could have felt his breath on the back of his neck. He's going down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's soft. The the the, the foul that they called soft. Afterwards, the, the elbows to Teremi, whatever. They leave it up to VAR, like you said. Otavio also fouls. So, you know, if they do their job properly, you know, goal stands. But with that being said, like it's it's bullshit, man. Fucking bullshit! And hurry up in San Luis Diaz because this is en- enough is enough. Enough is enough. I mean, I'm gonna disagree with you both slightly, and the only reason I say slightly is because I agree it was soft. But number twenty one for Estoril should know, especially in the Portuguese league, if you get any contact in the box, and this happens to every team, all they have to do is go down and scream, and the referee straight away foul. If that guy doesn't put his hand on Evan Wilson's back, and I know what you're saying about the elbow with Taremi and, and Otavio penalty, that's given as a goal, I think. I think that the player for Estoril, I know, Chris, you don't really see him extend his arm, but you can see they obviously do make contact. And I think soft, yeah, but like that's been given for like a defender all the time. I see that happen a lot on corners, especially in the Portuguese league. Soft, I agree, but like the only thing. I would disagree with that sometimes, like you said with the Estoril um, goal against Benfica, it's not called consistently. And that is a theme we have with the Portuguese league. No two fouls are called the same. We just looked at the stamps, stamp gate, as, as Chris called it before <laughs> uh, before we started. Um, but just like, I think as a, as, a, as a pro defender, you should know, you really shouldn't put your hand or like your like wrist on anyone's back because they could just yeah. mimic the motion of being pushed over. And like, I, I feel bad for him because he probably he probably feels shit about giving away the foul. But like Danny said, I think it's either going to be called back for a goal or sorry for um, a foul or a penalty. But like the only thing I want to touch on a little bit more is Miguel Braga because I think I really dislike him. Like we've been talking about before, like we had Trevante Williams on and someone called us. We didn't get a name or anything, which probably should have. Could have been yeah. him. Could have been but someone else. The thing else. that sucks about him is that he never says anything like at the at the right time. I feel like he exclusively chimes in at the wrong time. <laughs> I've never seen him talk about anything other than rivals, and that is literally 
I swear. I've never seen him talk about like what a good win we had this week or oh we played well in the Champions League this week. It's like oh Porto had this, Benfica had this, Braga had this, and it's just like yeah, he's the I, head of the crying department. He's, he's supposed to be like the head communications officer, which like in any other league, like if someone was to like say that, they'd be like, yo, you need to sort of like tone it back a bit. Oh, he's like, gonna get hit with like a sixty-day ban, but it's not like that. It's not like it matters. It's not like he sits on the bench or anything. No, yeah, what are they banning him from? Twitter? He's gonna get <laughs> no, no, the, that's the one place they're not banning him from, which is like one Facebook? of his main one of his main ways of talking is Twitter. So. Yeah. He's going to be banned, but I think Sport will probably be hit with a fine because no matter what you say about the referees, you're going to get hit with a fine. So it's just, I would like to see how many fines we've got from just talking. Dude, he about probably has like a, like that department's budget is like budgeted out to like account for like 300K in fines. It's like, okay, we're going to, at 10 times a year, we come out and we make statements trashing the refs. So that's X amount. So we'll just factor this in. But uh, yeah. what's more important is the fines against the fans. Let's let's true. Let's true. Those are what really matters. Those are what really matter. The empty stadium bands in the pandemic when there were no fans <laughs> in the is my highlight of due to racism. <laughs> yeah. Top notch. Good job. And then they they decided against it anyway. So, but like another thing I hate about Twitter as well is like I said it wasn't a foul. Then I get people saying. What about Estoril's goal? What about this? What about this? And it's like, what about this foul from like 2007? It's like, I'm, I'm not a referee. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, yes, they shouldn't be fouls. Okay. But like, they always come with some like weird ass picture or like video I've never seen. It's like, yeah, sure. That's a foul as well. So, so quick question yeah. though, and, and then we'll move on because I know we're getting uh, pretty late there. But what if you guys know whatever happened to the French referees and are we still open? Are are are, are we still We're down doing for it. referees? We're doing it. It's just like it. It's happened in like two games. They refereed that one of the Braga games, but I think because of oh, the pandemic okay. rising in both France and uh, Portugal, they cut it off. Yeah, not it, cut it, it off. It, but it, I think they just said, you know, when it gets better, like, yeah. you, you can come over. Okay. But I've not seen any Portuguese refs in the French league. I'm not sure if it, there the was refs one. Swap. Watch him call it. He did a game. The, the the one who does the UEFA. He he did a game in France. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. As far as he yeah. is. I feel like we need to see more of them, but I think it, I think oh, I don't know it, but I would assume it would be because of the pandemic and new variants and things. But, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Chris, I'll leave you I to mean, take it away. I mean, Rich, or whatchamacallit, uh, someone, I don't know if it was Rich, it might have been someone else, talked about the Escutas. Oh, Juice Box right juice there. Box. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that. Um, we can talk about I get, I guess, I've not actually you, heard heard of it up until now. Here's the thing, like, I again, all right, I got a conspiracy about it. <laughs> uh, so there's like all like the main focus of the investigation is obviously Luis Luis Felipe Vieta, and like the past like year, the dam, like picture a dam breaking, like it doesn't just break and bust through like it just starts cracking and like little like water like starts going through um like that's what that's what like has been starting to happen with like Luis Fibieta like he used to be untouchable like he just had a fucking media empire like he had a hell of a run man for like 10 years just running just Portugal court system behind the scenes but like his empire obviously came to an end um and so now it's kind of like now that he's fallen, he went to jail. He's not the president anymore. It, you can kind of just say whatever you want about him, and like it doesn't really matter anymore. You can talk about all his schemes. 
and like you could you could talk about like ten percent of his schemes because I know there's so so many more that are yet to be uncovered. But like people are finally for the first time like openly talking about like his schemes and shit. So like obviously like these recordings that got leaked or whatever like this audio. Like, the main thing that they're looking for and what the journalists are reporting is, like, the shit that's relevant to Luis Vieta. But, like, the fact that there's some leaks of, like, Verandas and Hugo Vienna and Georges Menz, like, there's, like, a shit ton of leaks about them, too. But it's just not what the media is interested in right now. And it's prior to the sporting election cycle. Maybe some of this stuff will come out, like, in the summer after it doesn't matter anymore once he's elected to another four-year term. But, like, there could be a lot of gr- – like, I know that there's slimy phone calls with, like, Hugo Viana and George Benz and Verandas maybe and Hugo Viana, Verandas and George Benz that are in this, like, trove of documents that they're, like, looking through. But the media's conditioned, so they're not going to be dropping those tapes right now. They're focusing on – the Luis Vieta leaks. And that's not to take away from the Luis Vieta leaks. Like, they're legit. Like, it is exposing all the shit that he did. But is some other shit that was less bad that Verandas was scheming in there? Like, for sure. Um, so that's my take on that. Um, I guess the one of the, the two things that came out of it was Verand, or George Menz and Vienna having a conversation about signing Ricardo Orta from Braga and then in return, selling or helping them or allowing Just to Food to sell Mateus Nunes, which we knew was like the Everton deal. So that was like the deal that men's had. But obviously, we never signed Ricardo Orta and that never happened. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing that came out was that Vieta, Luis Vieta, tried to create a pact with Verandas in the modalities because Befica, from the perspective of Luis Vieta, Befica was falling behind the modalities can even see it to this day. We wiped the floor with them, dude. We just, this month of December, bro, how many L's did we beat them? We beat them, like, in every fucking sport, bro. Every pavilion sport, we beat them, bro, in the month of December, literally. Like, so from his perspective, he's like, fuck, we're falling behind. Uh, Bruno Value has invested more money. He's increased payroll. He's increased investment. And, like, we can't keep up. I want to have a meeting with him, and we could talk about, you lower their salary a little bit. I lower the salary. We're not going to go above X amount. We'll both agree to do that. That'll set the pace for, like, the league, and then I can put the rest of the money into football uh, or other things. Um, so who does he hit up to schedule this meeting to talk about this? Former two-time president of the club, Sosa Sintra. That is his go-between to talk to Verandas. Why are Sosa Sintra and Luis Vieta? friendly to the point where they just like can hate each other up and are willing to do favors for each other because obviously like no one that's not the story but to me i'm like what the fuck is that supposed to be normal bro like so sus man like i feel like so Sinto is already like for a lot of younger fans if he never came back he's just a nobody but he's like renewed as a villain because he kind of came back and just did nothing productive and set like us only, back like two and years only did shitty things like only had bad signings players that are still on the books today like making milf mills for nothing you know um so yeah he's like renewed as a villain in, in like younger fans eyes who never knew him but, like bro what the fuck that's not normal so then like this is all in like the month of like september october so i guess 
like close after or shortly after Verandes. His it's in his first year, and then he does some interview where he like talks bad about like um, Benfica and like the different things. Itupeda was like more of a thing. He like briefly said something bad about them. And so then Luis Fiedra was like, oh, he's insulting us. I don't want to meet with him. So then a meeting fell through. And then you're thinking, like, how many times – like, it's not like uh, Valandes constantly goes out of his way to, like, criticize Benfica for, like, their corruption scandals. Like, if he wanted to, bro, through this entire Vieta recosta thing, like, bro, he could have been out there every day having a field day. And, like, he he wasn't. So it's, like, so funny that the thing that made the meeting fall through was, like, probably one of the three times he criticized them in the press. Like, he's criticized Porto more, called Peter Costa Bandido. Like, to be honest, he's, he's definitely criticized Porto more than he has Benfica. So, like, that's the reason their meeting falling through is just soft, soft as shit. Luis Pietro can't take, like, one fucking insult in one magazine one time. Like... <laughs> What a pussy. So, yeah, that's my take. <laughs> Did you have any sort of other loose ends to cover? Um, No, not really. Um, I guess it should be noted that Sportad, since our last talk, scored a backheel winner. It seems like the Burrow fans like absolutely love Sportad. Um, maybe they have, a, if they have you... a chant for him, which, like, I mean, in England, like, Obviously, you have the the fake ones and the joke ones, but that's that one's actually sung at like stadiums and and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, no, they they love him, bro. Like they were saying, like after he scored that backfield winner, like they're saying, like he's the best player. Like I know some of it's like memeing, but like dude, they're they're hyped off of him. Um, I was what's thinking our, maybe he's, maybe he doesn't come up. Was? It's eight point five, I think. Not bad. Uh, it's not bad. It recoups basically the investment in him. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I think maybe let's just say he needs fifteen goals and they to get promoted or to get promoted. Let's just say they finish eighth and he scores eleven. Like they might just still buy him, bro. I feel like I he's like. So yeah, that's looking good. Um, they. I just want to add that they've got now Man United in the, the next round of the FA Cup. So Bruno mm-hmm. and Ronaldo versus Spira. And good mm-hmm. luck, United, bro. Like they're <laughs> <for it. laughs> and also, um, an guy. Arsenal striker on loan as well. So I don't know if that's competition oh, or just like someone else. Uh, that, do you know ba- Balu Balugan? I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He's like nineteen. Yeah, he's just joined there on loan. So whether it's like a backup or like I don't know, but just something to look out like, look out for as well. Um, Ilori scored a late winner. Uh, yeah, like two weeks ago. My guy. Deserves a shout out for that. Uh, oh, since our last pod, um, the we have an election date. It's been marked, so March third. I think you need to have all your shit in order by like February second or something. So as of now, we we have one candidacy. I think Nuno Souza. I don't even think Brandes has technically renounced his reelection, but he he's going to. Uh, there's talk of this other guy, Ricardo Oliveira, getting in. Maybe more people are going to get in later on. But, like, it honestly could end up being just Verandes versus Nuno Souza. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Um, there's not really much more to say about that. They're in a phase now where they have to, like, gather signatures to officially have their campaign in order by February 2nd. So, like, 
that's that's why I'm saying if you're not launching, you're wasting time getting the signatures. And if you're like a fringe guy, like are you even gonna be able to get like a couple thousand signatures? Like better get a better get a start on that, you know? So that's why I feel like there's not that many more candidacies to be announced. You know? I have a theory that Bruno's Cabana is going on Big Brother to get his popularity up so he can come back. Like, you know, like how a wrestler cashes in like money in the bank and just like <laughs> takes the presidency back. <laughs> He's like yeah, one of those favorites back. to win. I think him and Mario Jardel are like the top two favorites to win the Celebrity Big Brother. And Bro, he's like, he's a he's a star, dude. He's funny as well. Like if you're watching, he's like he's actually a he's funny guy. He's got personality, like, bro. I mean, it's easy, it's easy to see guy, how it's easy to see how he at one point he had the like you know eighty five percent support. He's charismatic at the end of the day. Yeah. Polarizing, but charismatic. So charismatic, my guy went on dates. My guy's pulling bitches on live television. That's fucking <laughs> gold, bro. <laughs> Women, sorry, not bitches. 2022, I'm trying to change. Um, one last thing to say, and then we could go. Because this pissed me off, to be honest. And it's just like classic politicians. But Carton Adeptu. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys remember, like, it was like the day that it, that, that would law was rescinded. It was like party, you know, it was like, we, we beat the bad guys. The bad guys insisted for like four months that they were not going to change their ways. And then they eventually conceded to the will of the people. Like that was like the storyline, which was like kind of true, but the reality of the situation is absolutely nothing has changed you still, like, the, the restrictions on the clocks still exist. And to buy a ticket in the section for the clocks, you now need to show photo ID. So basically the only thing that's changed is you don't have to buy the 20-euro bullshit carton de adepto. You just need to use, like, your Portuguese citizenship ID. So... The point of rescinding it was so that we don't have to do photo ID targeting of fans in this section. And literally nothing has changed. So that is the most classic politician shit ever. You do something, you claim that it's like addressing a certain thing, but the way that you've done it in the wording of it just means that absolutely nothing changes. So good shit, um, initiativa, liberal, and um, that all the other parties that adopted that one. I guess there was like another version of it that was stronger, but they all went with the weaker one and the weaker one literally does nothing. So I guess they might as well have literally just done nothing. And we could have still been like doing the boycott, which would have been more effective <laughs> because now they get to pat themselves on the back that they did something. And Abdu Conte is getting sold to Troya for 2.7 million. So we're going to get 1.35 little payday there. That's it. <laughs> Good player. I think. Well, I always thought he'd come out to play one day. But. A couple solid seasons at Morenas. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, we, it's getting late, but I'll just wrap up sort of the task of the Portugal game today. We didn't really feel like it's worth talking about because no disrespect, fourth division team versus versus us. Um, like I can go over quickly. Goals from Tabata two, Nuno Santos one, and who was was there another Mateus one? Matheus Nunes. Matheus Nunes. Yes. Yep. Great goal. Um, Ugarth, individual effort yes. to lead up to that. Yeah. Well, Tabata, great individual effort on the first goal. 
there wasn't really much point in talking about they it. They didn't it was, stand it was a chance. They didn't create anything. If they like, they put up even less resistance than Bullness, who is in the same division as them, and obviously Kazakh Bia definitely put up more resistance. Who's a higher division than them? So it un- it's understandable. But of those three, I think they definitely put up the least resistance. Yeah. But apart from that, Chris, I don't know if you have any modalities news or anything. Oh, like shit, I do have the modalities. We'll run through it quick. There's not that many. There's only like a couple of basketball games. Um, so basketball, we lost to Porto in the leagues. Um, we beat Academica, doubled them up 115-65, beat Benfica for the league, and then beat Povoa. Um, handball, beat Povoa. Ladies, Tasa de Portugal, 14-0 dub. Jesus, it, <laughs> and that team must be a lower division, I think, because it was tough the Portugal. Like sometimes we win like eight nothing, fourteen is just ridiculous. <laughs> B team one one lost one, that's in form for them. Two uh, one lost to Santa one nothing win to Torres. Futsal seven two win against Benfica in the Supertasa. That was like a week ago, so that was a good dub. Gita scored two goals. Uh, just they they got a red card and they were fucked from there and we just dicked on them and lifted a trophy so I'll take that any day. Um, this weekend six nothing win against Moldicus and hockey five two win this weekend as well against Volongu, who I think was the when we played them away there was like that incident where like the fans had like a dog released on them in the stands. Do you guys oh, remember yeah. that? I remember that. Yeah. I yeah, remember. I think that was Volongu away, so we just beat him at at home. Fuck them. Like, that was the craziest shit ever. <laughs> was, I think there was just, like, no repercussions from that incident either. It's just chill. Just forgot. There was no... From the basketball game, there was no uh, repercussions for, like, a racial The incident. racist incident either, yeah. Like, just swept on the You haven't heard anything from that. It, just on video, bro. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, they really do for the most... Just, like freak hush hush and then like the next news cycle comes and then we're talking about the ref stamping and then that's ancient history bro those yeah, chants two months ago you know i think i i reckon they'll get a um uh closed uh closed stadium or closed arena ban in, in 2025 like two years yeah <laughs> two two three years <laughs> but yeah uh i'll just wrap it up we've got uh, a game on Sunday, 16th of January. Um, we play Vizella, who are currently, I'm not sure if you guys have seen, uh, going through COVID. a COVID crisis at the moment. Their yeah. game tomorrow might be postponed. I know Porto said no, but if they want to repeat what happened last time, they would be smart to to postpone it. But um, yeah, I mean, could see anything happen there. I believe it's um, Sporting Vizella is on BT Sport for all the UK people. So um, if you if you do want to watch it, is it on at 6 on the 16th of January? But um, apart from that, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, it's been a long one, the first one of 2022, definitely not the last. And we're going to hopefully have a lot more content for you this year, including some more guests and some maybe some some other things on the way. You know, we, we, we've, we've got some got some connections, you know. We'll, we'll get there eventually. But um, if you do want to follow the guys on, on Twitter, that is um, Chris's Twitter handle. Uh, this is Danny's Twitter handle. And this is my twitter handle so feel free to follow us on there also follow us on sport 160 en twitter instagram spotify uh tiktok account coming soon uh trying to feel what else we're on uh soundcloud and i think probably that's about it only, only fans, fans yeah still still you know pay me pay us the good bucks and we will be on only fans no problem 
We're an expensive, expensive monthly sub, though. Fox, you guys want feet pictures? <laughs> At least a hundred US. Canadian is Gucci. Yeah, that's only like seventy-five Canadian. You know what I mean? That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bombshell. Right. Thank you for watching. <laughs> See you later.